0: As of right now, we are at war. How desperate am I? You call on subtle lost creatures to defend man. How desperate am I? You threaten my world with war. You steal a force you can't hope to control. You talk about peace and you kill because it's fun. You have made me very might not be glad that you did. There was an idea to bring together a group of remarkable people to see if they could become something. Like the we Welcome to Fury's Finest, a podcast devoted to discussion of Marvel Crisis Protocol and the Marvel Universe. My name is Jesse Aiken, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host Chris Bruffett. How are you doing today,
1: Chris? Jesse, I am. I am hyped and jacked. I'm jacked and hyped. I am ready to talk about some news. So many cool things have happened in this game since we have last got to do one of these news episodes. And I'm just chomping at the bit.
0: I am too. And I'm really excited to return to this form, Chris. And, you know, we will just say up front we haven't had a news episode in a while because number one, the shipping crisis. Number two, the holidays. And number three, we didn't know when the mutants were going to arrive. And you know very clearly, Chris, it was a good idea to not do the news back in the late fall because we just got the mutants now. So it was a strange time for MCP with no releases. But now that we're kind of back to regular scheduled releases, and in fact, it seems like Atomic Mass has kind of altered their structure as well, Chris. They're kind of holding stuff close to the chest till it's about a month or two out max you know which i think is a really good idea with the way things have gone in the world in particular last year yeah it makes a lot of sense
1: but it is a definite about face from how they have handled previous leaks and everything and and during this time you know as they've adjusted their cadence we've kind of had a, a news drought because of it and thankfully that is That is lifting, and things are starting to hit, and we'll hit that new cadence of products releasing closer to when they're announced, and we'll start getting that hype train rolling again, and hopefully today is the beginning of that process.
0: Absolutely, Chris. This new cadence, like you mentioned, it seems like we're on track with it, and I'm very excited because I would kind of prefer this method anyways, a little bit closer to release. You know, I love... Thinking about stuff for a while, working on it, talking about it on the show, talking with patrons in the discord about it, but I kind of prefer this like closer to release thing because honestly anything could change right now in the world and it probably will again Re- releases will be delayed again. In fact, the things that we're going to talk about today, S.H.I.E.L.D. and Fury, were slated for release in March, and now it's April. So, I mean, it has been pushed back a little bit, but not to the extent of, like, the mutants, per se. So, I'm happy we're back in the form, you know? And it's just fun to talk about a new team today, Chris. And that's what we're going to do. Today's news episode is specifically going to only focus on all the S.H.I.E.L.D. news. That way, this is a self-contained episode that you can go back and listen to, talk about how right or wrong Chris and I were, because we most definitely will be. And, you know, we're gonna save Daredevil, Elektra, and The Hand for a different news episode when we have more information, and when we have more tactics cards, Chris, because we gotta see those tactics cards before we make a episode on those new characters. But we're not forgetting them. They're they're in the back of our minds every day. They're in the front of mine. I know. (laughs) It's exciting. But I think, Chris, we just got to get right into it today because we have a lot of exciting S.H.I.E.L.D. news to talk about today.
1: Fury's Finest is supported by Discount Games, Inc., Go to DiscountGamesInc.com for all your Marvel Crisis Protocol and miniature gaming needs.
0: Our patrons support Fury's Finest at patreon.com slash Fury's Finest. If you enjoy this show, consider supporting it with a monthly contribution. We thank this time to thank all of our patrons for their support.
1: And this week we have a very special shout out for our patron of the week. This week it is Paul Atreides, I'm assuming. Of course. Paul, thank you so much We
0: really appreciate it. Thanks for that desert power, Paul. And of course, Chris, we cannot forget to thank the Avengers. That's right. The Avenger producers that get a shout out every episode. That's Zach Attack, Rusty, and Dylan. These three individuals make this show happen. Thank you, guys. All right, Chris, we got to move on to all this news. So, Chris, this may sound foreign to the listeners and to you and I both because we haven't done a new segment since the late fall, but we're starting our new segment off like we always do with the Marvel Crisis Protocol affiliation list update. That's right, we got an update to the affiliation list in the month of February. And there's some pretty cool things that happen, Chris, to this list. Very exciting things for me specifically. That's true. And I love that the affiliation list is alphabetical order. So, that's the way we're going to go through this today. And of course, First change alphabetical order we're going to go through, the Brotherhood of Mutants got three new members. They got Colossus, Gambit, and Rogue.
1: Awesome. I was not expecting Colossus on this list. Makes sense, given how he was introduced to comics, but very happy to see it. A lot of people were were thrown off by Gambit, but you know. He's dabbled. Oh, he's a thief through and through.
0: And of course, Chris, since we last did the show, of course, Juggernaut has been added to the game. But ironically, of all things, Juggernaut's been on this list a very long time, actually pre his announcement. It was a nice little Easter egg from AMG on this list. So, of course, we technically have four new members because these four models just came out. That's Colossus Gambit Rogue and Juggernaut. So a very exciting In robust Brotherhood of Mutants team now, I think we're going to be seeing Brotherhood all over the place for quite some time, because frankly, Chris, their roster doubled.
1: Well, and it's full of powerhouse characters and fun characters. So, I mean, Juggernaut and Rogue on the same battlefield, that's gross.
0: I mean, let's also not forget the star of the whole team, Toad. This character (laughs) is good on every team in the game, right, Chris? So for him to be affiliated, right, is... Obviously a a boon. It's a
1: boon. Did we both just say boon? Oh my gosh. We
0: did at the same time and- It stays in. It stays in. But moving on, Chris, we got to move on to the Defenders. The Defenders acquired Magic. Interesting. Theme seems right.
1: Yeah. I love Magic. I love that model. I love her kit. This could make me play some Defenders, but of course, I mean, Blade was enough.
0: Now, Chris, your favorite team, the Uncanny X-Men, had- Before this update, seven members. They now have 13 members. They quite honestly doubled in size. The Uncanny X-Men gained Colossus, Gambit, Honey Badger, Magic, Rogue, and X-23. I just couldn't be happier. I'm very excited. Like
1: We can build so many different X-Men lists and rosters now. It's just a great day.
0: Yeah, Chris, and you know, you and I kind of gush all over this in the February episode of After Dark before we even knew this was coming. I mean, we were literally recording it moments before this list came out. We still built you an X-Men, an X-Force list with these members without knowing where they were fully affiliated with both teams or not, but...
1: We were rewarded.
0: Yeah, we were rewarded. And as Guardian patrons enough, check out that episode because Chris, we talk a lot of X-Force and X-Men on the air live, and we just build your list from the ground up with nothing. And it was really fun to do. It was very fun. And the list is doing all right. That's very good. Now, speaking of that list, I mentioned that here because the final update to this affiliation list is X-Force. X-Force gained Honey Badger and X-23, just like the X-Men. I love that Laura and Honey Badger are just affiliated with both teams. A lot of people were considering that it might go certain ways. You and I even had our own theories. Myself, one of them, yeah. And I'm so happy that didn't happen, Chris, for just clean list building. This helps so much. You know, It's one of those things like cables in both teams, right? These are things that make list building really nice for these teams.
1: And that's part of the allure of the mutants in the first place in the comic books, right? It's just that incredible over complexity and just intertwined personal drama it's a soap opera with powers this just plays right into that and it like you said it makes list building so fun you can theoretically have cable storm cyclops all in the same bag more Mm -hmm. than theoretically but you could put them all in the same bag Just pick whichever affiliation you want to go with. They share enough members, you'll be fine. It's just very fun. Not to mention, you can tailor them to play very differently than they have with with all these additions. And it's just, it's very exciting. It's starting to feel like the X-Men. You know, I'm excited for this Uncanny X-Men roster list to look more like the Avengers roster list, and I think we're on
0: our way, oh, absolutely Chris. it's growing by the day, and um it's very exciting. Last thing I didn't mention because it wasn't a change on this list, but it happened right before this list, the list before this, but magic got put on the convocation list, so very exciting for me because I am now so deep into the convocation team, so many games, so many iterations, so many reps at this point, Chris, to be honest with this team and magic's one of my ten models and it's really fun to have a character like that on the mage team. I mean, just it actually fits quite well. She's so fun, man. Just
1: portaling in and just Mm -hmm. throwing
0: all those dice. (laughs) It's just so fun. It's a lot of fun stuff going on with that character. But, But yeah, that's it for the affiliation list today, Chris. So very exciting to see where all these mutants landed. I'm extremely excited to see the next affiliation list and what that looks like when we get S.H.I.E.L.D and these new elements of the Criminal Syndicate and Cabal coming to the game with Daredevil and Electra, of course. So uh, I'm very curious to see what happens there, but we've got to move on and we have to talk about something that's going to frame our discussion today. So before we get into any sort of card spoilers about S.H.I.E.L.D. or Nick Fury or anything like that, we have to discuss a new thing that's been brought to the game. You and I have mentioned it in passing, Chris, on the show, and we said "Well, we'll deep dive into it on the show. Now's the time, Chris, to talk about grunts.
1: They're here. They're here. We have two announced grunts so far. Of course, the grunts that come with Nick Fury and the S.H.I.E.L.D. affiliation. And uh, the grunts that are going to come with Elektra and Shadowland Daredevil in the Criminal Syndicate affiliation. So those are our first two grunts. And uh, Atomic Mass has... Posted what to expect from them and, and what they can and can't do within the rules. And they're a very, very interesting
0: concept. Absolutely, Chris. I couldn't agree more. And on top of that, Atomic Mass has made it very clear in these articles and in some of their streams that grunts are not going to be a major element of this game. Like they, they make it very clear in these articles and they say very few characters can control. And command grunts on the battlefield. So, That's we're good. not going to see a ton of this in the future. And I do love that because it makes these characters with grunts much more unique. So, let's talk about what a grunt is and how they work in the game because Todd Mass has laid this all out for us in some great transmissions and some live streams. But in their article, they say a grunt character is unlike any our usual heroic and villainous characters. They are nameless backup that appear to support the hotshot leading them to battle. In a game of MCP, these characters represent the unsung legions joining the battle behind their commanders. Every time a grunt falls, there's always one waiting to take its place if their master calls. So that's a pretty cool thematic fluff, Chris, to explain. This is not just a generic unit that goes in and does stuff in a game and dies, like games we have all over the place with miniatures games. These are supposed right. to be representing the legions of reserves you're being called into the battle. And that actually comes into play with their mechanics. So this isn't like me playing my droid army in Star Wars Legion with just the hordes of B1 battle droids and they go down. This is like a one unit that's representing those hordes, and just keeps coming over and over again if I right. meet the requirements. Now, something they talk about that's very important, mechanically, grunt characters are tied to their parent character. A grunt cannot enter the battlefield, be included in rosters or squads, or even take actions without their parent character calling the shots. If the parent character goes down, all loyal grunts go down with them. So this makes it very clear this is not a generic unit spam. And in fact, you can't even bring in a list building. Oh, I want to build a criminal syndicate list with the hand ninjas without Daredevil. Right. Not, gonna, Not happen. gonna happen. No,
1: Daredevil himself, as many of you have seen, is the one to bring them onto the battlefield through various superpowers and uh, in the resolution of some attacks. Uh, that will spawn grunts. They don't gain power. They don't spend power. They're just kind of some extra extra bodies out there for old Shadowland Daredevil to do his evil bidding. And when they're gone, <laughs> he just calls up another set, and that's just how it goes.
0: Absolutely, Chris. And another fun fact about the grunts is they talk about how fragile they are in the game. That's an intentional design standpoint. Grunts do not have an injured side of their card and can't be dazed. If they would be dazed, they're immediately KO'd. So once again, they're low health models that are immediately KO'd when they are taken out. Now, They continue to mention, these perpetual fall guys are mission expendable. Their parent characters will have superpowers and special abilities that call them in, and some that dismiss them. Since they are not expected to stick around, grunts do not collect or use resources. They cannot gain power like Chris said, and they cannot play or be chosen by allied team tactics cards. You can't heal them up with a med pack, for instance. But what Grunts can do is activate together with their parent character. So when the parent character is chosen to activate, if they have a Grunt character in play, the Grunts take their activation immediately as part of the parent activation. And then essentially the parent goes. So it's kind of like a double activation within one activation. Very cool. Kind of picture it like a subdued version of husband and wife, Corvus Glaive, and Proxima Midnight, but grunts aren't here to swarm the battlefield. Only very specific characters have a reputation for leading grunts, and a player can only have one grunt character in play at a time. The focus of a grunt is always on supporting their parent character, harassing enemies when they can, and being the best backup the tabletop has ever seen. So all this to say, Chris, I just love this mechanic. Like you and I talked about how it's almost like in MOBAs, the creep spawning, you know, in a way, Mm -hmm. because they're always coming as long as the parent character is alive. And this actually makes these parent characters very powerful because obviously the longer the game goes on, the more grunt activations happen, the more grunts come out. And effectively, the more grunts mess with your opponent because on their worst day, the grunts are just messing with your opponents, harassing them, and forcing the opponents to attack them. And they're an expendable unit. You lose nothing when they die, essentially. But another element of these grunts, Chris, we haven't talked about yet, which I find super crucial to the discussion going forward about grunts. That's why we have to mention on the show now, grunts cannot help you secure objectives, but they can help you pick up extracts. This is pretty cool.
1: Well, uh, I think we should just jump into the shield agents here. Because they have a very interesting little superpower that really accentuates this fact. And it's called you Time. It's innate. When this character drops an objective token, its controlling player places it on the battlefield instead of their opponent. That's huge. It. So you're going to want to have shield grunts, anyway, carrying objectives when possible. Just, just for that fact. They will get injured, KO'd pretty easily. But that's
0: kind of okay.
1: You'll be able to pick it up theoretically.
0: They're amazing baton passers, Chris, and furthering their innate powers to pick up extracts, they have an innate ability called Shield Operatives. This character cannot contest secure objective tokens. This character does not have to pay power when interacting with civilian or asset token extracts. So they pick up assets and civilians for free. Of course, they can't exceed what the crisis states right so for instance spider infected they can only hold one but doesn't cost them power very cool because in a weird way you think about this is a free way for nick fury to interact with objectives right and then also They run it to your team. And then hopefully, even if they get killed, you get to place where it goes and someone in your team can pick it right up, you know? Spider-Man swings in and they hand it off to him. You know, they did their job. They go down doing their job, playing as shield agents. But let's just close out their card while they're here, Chris. The shield agents have a stamina of two, a move of medium and a height of two. And their defenses are one physical, one energy, one mystic. And they of course have only one attack. It's a physical attack, shield pistols. It's a range three, four dice, zero power cost attack. Pretty cool.
1: Very cool. I'm really excited just to see these things on the table, see what shenanigans they lead to. I don't know. You just got to play a few rounds with them and get a feel.
0: Well, and you speak of shenanigans and today our focus is affiliation shield. And how could we not talk about affiliation shield without its leader? Nick Fury. And we got to talk about him, but we just wanted to frame the discussion around grunts first, because if you're playing the shield affiliation, Chris, grunts are always going to be a part of it because you're going to have Fury as your leader. And also, you know, they're a big part of his kit. So it's good that we understand them before we get into his kit today. They're a brand new mechanic, so we have to start there and establish the baseline. Absolutely. So starting off with this card, Chris, his name is Nick Fury. His alter ego is Nicholas J. Fury Jr., his stamina on his healthy side is six. He has a move of medium, a height of two, and a threat cost of four. His defenses are four physical, three energy, four mystic. He has an incredibly impressive defensive set on top of yeah. six stamina. It's pretty interesting. You're not gonna break his mind. Yeah, he's but he's not really supposed to be a meta human. It's it's interesting. He can he can take a beating, you know, a little bit.
1: Yeah. He
0: can throw some dice too. Yeah. And let's talk about those dice. So his first attack is a physical attack called the Fury Special. It's a range three, five dice, zero power cost attack. After this attack is resolved, Nick Fury gains one power and he has a wild Pierce. Change one of the defending characters, crit, wild, or block results to a blank. So Chris, this is a, what we call a gainer, not a builder. Right. Gainers are incredible. We talk about this in the game all the time. It's so helpful to know. If I do this attack, I will gain one power. Even if I don't deal damage, I will gain one power and I can spend that power on tactics cards, objectives, or superpowers guaranteed, you know, if I know how much power I need. Let's be honest, range three, five dice for no
1: power cost. That's pretty decent and attack the pierce on there and it's, you're not going to feel bad about using this attack at all.
0: No, not at all. It's, it's kind of like a different version of those four dice. Rapid fire attacks we see all over the place with all these type characters, like Agent Widow, like Sin, all these type characters, but doesn't have rapid fire, has one more dice, also has Pierce, which is almost like another dice. So it's a cool, hard-hitting one power gainer. And I like that, Chris. It's definitely not bad. Let's move on to his
1: actual builder. It is tactical knife, range two, strength five, power cost of zero. After this attack is resolved, Nick Fury gains power equal to the damage dealt On a wild, you will trigger bleed. On a wild, you will also trigger pierce. Strong. Yeah, I imagine it could build up quite a bit of power with pierces and five dice. That's nasty, partner.
0: Yeah, I mean, this is similar to Laura Kenny's strike, which is so powerful right now in the game. It's similar, Mm -hmm. except she's got some rerolls and stuff and very consistent dice. But this is great, Chris. I mean, keep in mind, listener at home, if you get one wild... Remember, you get all the wild triggers on an attack. So, as long as you get one wild, you're getting Pierce and Bleed, and we know how powerful Pierce is. Also, Chris, Pierce weirdly helps you gain a lot more power. I mean, it it, it sounds simple well, it to more, say. It, it but, gets more
1: damage through. That's more power.
0: Yeah. So, strikes with Pierce are innately really powerful because you gain a lot of power from strikes with Pierce. and you know, it's range two. That's not great because I think Fury doesn't necessarily want to be in the thick of things, but he does have respectable defenses and stamina. So, you know, he can handle it. And when he's in range two, he's going to use the knife. That's just how it goes. But we got to talk about his final attack. It's his spender attack. It's another physical attack. It's called Lead from the Front. It has a range of three and a strength of seven and a power cost of three. After this attack is resolved. So once again, Chris, nothing involving dealing damage, getting wild triggers, nothing. Just after attack is resolved, this happens. An allied shield agent's character within three of Fury may advance short towards the target character that Fury just attacked. Then... The shield agent character may make a pistol attack targeting that character. Okay. You've actually got 11 dice coming at you. Now it's two from two different pools. Let's keep that in mind. So it's not as strong as 11 dice in a thing, but what a nuisance. Chris, this is his support thing that you and I were hoping he had. Like this is a really cool support thing on top of, of course, the shield affiliation, which is all support, which we'll get to in a minute. This is cool. This is a good spender for three. I mean, you're going to do it. Oh, absolutely. A free move, right,
1: for the shield agents. Right, you're moving the shield agents up. You're getting more dice thrown. It only costs three, and he he doesn't feel like he's going to be very power starved.
0: Right. Well, I think another way to look at this, Chris, is something I bring up on the show all the time. You know, I always look at like the lowest part of an ability, and the lowest part of this ability is: Would you pay three to move the shield agents on the board short and then attack with them? Probably in a lot of situations, not all situations, but a lot of situations. So the fact that he has a seven dice spender before that is very cool. I love the theme of this too. Like he's, we're doing the charge, you know, we're going in, we're getting stuff done, but we've got to move on to Fury's superpowers because this is where he really comes online. And this is going to frame our discussion for the day, Chris, about affiliation shield, because there's a lot here. So I'm just going to read through this affiliation. It's a lot, and then we'll break it down section by section. The affiliation ability is called Last Line of Defense, Affiliation Shield. So I've already been calling them Agents of Shield a lot. I I just have to work on them. They're just called Shield. If you have fewer VPs than your opponent, the first time each round an allied character is dazed or KO'd by an enemy effect, after the effect is resolved, you score one VP. So that's the first part of this second part of this, if you have an equal number or more VPs than your opponent, okay, so now we're playing a normal game. When an enemy character damages an allied character with an attack, the damaged allied character may spend one power. If it does, after the attack is fully resolved, the allied character may advance short towards the attacking character. Wow. This isn't a Sam short move, any direction you want, but it's a Sam short move that's going to happen more often.
1: (laughs) Much more often. And keep this in mind when we kind of get to the part where we're talking about who's in this affiliation. Mm -hmm. This could be very, very big. I think you're going to see it a lot. But let's talk about the first part a little bit here, Jesse. It's a built-in catch-up mechanic.
0: Right. So it's very interesting, right? Because in a weird way, way, yes, it's a built-in catch-up mechanic. In another weird way, it doesn't force you to do anything. But in another weird way early game could look different for shield very much so they yeah. could be setting things up more than the average team because they're just saying well my points are going to even out eventually right now I don't think that's a good way to play I think it's that's a negative way to play the game it's not setting yourself up for success but what I'm saying is there's a lot of things I haven't been cracked yet will not be cracked for a long time with this team but I think this is a, a big sign a red herring of some kind in the sense of maybe shield can play early game a little bit differently if they want to crisis depending that's pretty cool. Maybe someone has the Senator really early. Okay, not great, but maybe you're less hastened to go get the Senator, that type of thing. Like, There's a lot of things going on here, but I I find it cool. I don't think it's like the backbone of their team. I think clearly the backbone of their team is the second part. Right. But this is super cool that they're kind of always in the game, right? In particular, especially if you're behind and you shove in. On their points, right? Really aggressively. And you're less worried about it because you're like, I'm either going to score the points or characters are going to be dazed or KO'd and I'm going to get points that they were trying to get anyways. It's all about the points. Pretty cool. Yeah. You got to have them. It's, yeah, it's really great. The The only thing
1: that I'm a little worried about on this one is if a team, you know, let's say Web Warriors or maybe even Storm led X Men with uh, First Class, they just get a big lead on you. Yeah, you might not be able to use the second part of your affiliation, the one that you're kind of taking them for, you might not get to use it till round three, round four, maybe not at all. Absolutely. It's a little bit of a risk is, I guess, is what I'm trying to say.
0: And maybe the way we need to look at this leadership is not so much is the first part or the second part better or which one we we really like. It's like I think the true design of this team, and I think we'll get more into this with the tactics cards, Chris, is versatility against other teams, right? Generic Mm -hmm. versatility against all teams, which is Shield, right? And in saying that, oh, you're playing Black Order and you're like destroying my models. Well, I'm either getting VPs or I'm getting to move, right? Or, you know, you're playing Web Warriors and scoring out on me. Well, I've got ways to score on you that might be different, you know? So I love that they can rise to the challenge of other teams. Time will tell how strong they are, but they seem very strong from just reading this if the affiliation list is big or gross, right? But we will see with that. That's another part we don't know. But let's talk about the second part, Chris. This is crazy. So Sam leadership towards them. Okay. And also Sam leadership right. you have to pay for. Now, you have to pay for it because models aren't being days, So you're not having that huge downside of the Sam leadership to get the powerful effect. Now you're just saying, I have one power. I'm going to spend it. I find this extremely cool on characters that we might get into in a little bit with this affiliation list someone like a war right. soldier who has a lot of power, but doesn't necessarily have a ton of ways to spend it, but he's getting to move up the battlefield tactically for free. Essentially, he's paying a power, but, and now he's getting off more attacks and stuff. I just love that. It's like extremely tactical. This is always a decision tree for you in this game now, right? With this shield team, like I was just damaged. Don't want to spend my power or not to move short, you know? Pretty cool. There's a lot. It's going to be a really hard team to pilot. I'm just going to say like, up Oh us. man. I think to get the best
1: out of this team, it's going to require a lot of reps. Uh, I I don't think I'll be playing them competitively,
0: but I'm going to have to try them. We will see. I'm extremely intrigued by this team, Chris. This should not surprise you at all. Something you and I have talked about. No, absolutely not.
1: Yeah. Let's not dive too deep. We've got a lot to cover today. Exactly. So let's talk about his next superpower. It is call in the cavalry. It is an active superpower and it costs two. If there are no Allied Shield Agents in play, place Allied Shield Agents within range three of Nick Fury with an activated token. The Shield Agents may interact with one extract objective token. They are now part of your squad. Whew, how cool is this? You know, double move, maybe grab a secure. If you can get two power on Mr. Fury uh, by the end of his first activation, then you just throw the old uh, shield agents range three away hopefully within one of an extract token just pick it right on up no
0: muss no fuss it's amazing chris it fits right in with their card shield operatives yeah they do not have to pay when interacting but it's this is an extra feature of that like when they come into play if they're within range one of a extract token they can immediately pick it up this is a game changer, right? This is probably this is probably their strongest ability, honestly, is, mm-hmm. is the fact that they can immediately come out because now you get in that situation where Fury activates early, reactivates late, and he does things with the extract tokens that you don't want him to do as as the opponent, right? And right. I find this very cool, very effective. Oh, now do you want to daze them? And now Fury moves it within range one of himself right? And picks it up potentially. There's a lot of interesting things going on here Mm -hmm. that we're going to have to unpack with more games of them. But I think this is the bread and butter of Fury's kit and their team, of course, is bringing them out, picking stuff up with them and continually bringing them out and doing things with them like lead from the front and things like that. Absolutely. But closing out his card, Chris, he has an innate superpower called the Director of S.H.I.E.L.D. When an allied S.H.I.E.L.D. agent character is within range three of Nick Fury, it may reroll one of its attack or defense dice, and then Nick Fury gains one power whenever the allied character Grunt, S.H.I.E.L.D. agent, deals damage or suffers damage from an enemy effect. This just made him go through the roof. Well, like I said, he doesn't seem
1: like someone that's going to be very power starved. So no. I have a feeling he's going to be playing tactics cards and he's going to be leading from the front a lot
0: because of course that's how he's going to move those grunts around you're absolutely right chris and then that just makes him a problem right if he's around all game right because he's seem to be oh, flushing power yeah but let's just talk about the viability of the rerolls yeah they'll have one defense but say they roll into a defense right or you initially roll a crit blow up the crit and reroll that crit into another defense right now they're blocking two they might have survived a strike from somebody very crazy but then on top of that, when they deal damage and when they are given damage, Fury gets power. But Chris, they have a four dice range three attack. It's kind of now a five dice attack. It's pretty right. cool. That's a game changer
1: for them. They're good, man. They're, they're good. a power battery. They're an extract, you know, baton passer, like you were saying. And they're extra dice with a reroll because let's you're not going to really have them outside of range three unless you have a savvy opponent, right? That that moves your characters. So I don't know, man. This whole thing for four threats seems pretty good.
0: It's good, but you have to pilot it right, right? That's the part. Oh, thing absolutely. about him. His attacks are good. They're solid, but they're not out of this world for a four threat. His defenses are really good for a four threat. I mean, they're like they're in line with a lot of the good four threats, but he doesn't have any other defensive tech, like rerolls or like things like Black Panther's armor and stuff. He doesn't have any of that type of stuff. So I love that his kit is all around this mechanic. But also, Chris, too, think about like Fury on like a safe day, a day where he's feeling extra safe. He sits on your back secure, sends up shield agents to do stuff range three away from him right on the on Mm -hmm. the enemy side right across the board maybe later game he moves up when he's ready you know but i i find that very cool you can play him conservatively or or more liberally but i think he's gonna be it's gonna be an ebb and flow with him and his team and i think that's something we have to talk about starting now but i mean chris we have an affiliation to talk about here we don't have an affiliation list yet
1: we do we have a promo picture a very awesome you know action diorama of what we can only assume is the initial shield roster right we have nick fury uh, in the back on top of a a damaged vehicle Right. just pointing at the bad guy war machine by him and yep. flanking him this is the character i'm most excited about not only just in this picture but in this affiliation with the second part about the the whole moving short thing it's she hulk Absolutely. Good old Jennifer Walters. Oh yeah. my gosh. I can't wait. And then we have Bucky Barnes. We have Tony Stark, Hawkeye. Natasha Romanov, the Black Widow, and the surprise, Taskmaster.
0: Not a surprise to us, Chris, because we did our episode and you gave a great segment on Taskmaster training the S.H.I.E.L.D. agents and being hired by S.H.I.E.L.D. If you haven't checked out our Taskmaster episode, definitely do, because you get a lot of that S.H.I.E.L.D. info there. But yeah, Chris, what a great starting roster. And I will mention up front in this picture... It's a lot of range, baby. That's very true. (laughs) Uh, But in this picture, the Natasha shown is... Agent Widow, that's the 3 threat Natasha. Right. I have a feeling deep down inside they're going to have both Natashas on the list, but time mm-hmm. will tell. Obviously they're the not bag, gonna, they're yeah. not going to put both in this picture that would be silly and thematically incorrect. Well, yeah. You
1: could do this with uh I, presumably Hulkbuster is in play. For this affiliation. You never know. With Tony Stark being there. I don't know, but...
0: Yeah, that's true. Same alter ego to different models. Yeah, it could be a similar situation. Yeah. I don't know. Very good point. I like it.
1: We'll, we'll see. We'll see. There's a lot of range here. There's a lot of damage here. Yeah. This is a cool affiliation, man. I really like what I see in this initial offering in this picture. I'm honestly I'm really excited to play this affiliation. Like I said, I'm not gonna mm. be good at it, but this, this is a lot of characters I like playing and a lot of characters I like.
0: My quick take on this picture, Chris, is if you if you separate She Hulk for a second when I make this statement, these are just all the like workhorses of MCP. These are all just like great generic characters. These are all great just workhorse three threats, yeah. Yeah. Then that's kind of the basis of the team.
1: Yeah, down the line, other than She-Hulk, they are all workhorse three-threats. You're absolutely correct. And that is why they chose that Natasha, obviously.
0: Oh, yeah. And she is Natasha, Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. So yeah, there's a a lot there. Taskmaster stock goes up, Chris, because now he's on Criminal Syndicate, S.H.I.E.L.D., and now every rogue agent team, right? So insane for him. But the biggest curveball of this for me personally was Bucky finally having a team. Finally having a team. You've been
1: wanting this for a long time. You've wanted a home for Bucky for a very long time.
0: Well, absolutely, Chris, because he's a cool character. He's my least favorite sculpt in the game, but I have a Sebastian Stan sculpt you know, that I want to play more. But like, it's not about that. It's, it's the fact that him and Frank Castle are the only characters in the entire game that don't have access to affiliation cards. And it just feels not fun, even though they're fun characters, because you want them to at least be able to use these cards. Like Bucky being on the Avengers, it seems wrong. He can't Avengers assemble, right? And This is not the case in the Shield team. Bucky is a Shield member. He can use the cards on top of being that workhorse of a rogue agent for every other team in the game to help you get affiliation if you need him. And I find that very cool, just because we know how fun and effective it is with Taskmaster, being able to use all the criminal stuff on top of being a strong rogue agent for everybody else, right? So... I think this obviously is smart from AMG too, because I mean, they're gonna sell more buckies. We gotta sell more buckies. <laughs> but we gotta move on to tack cards, Chris. And you and I have had a couple discussions off mic, but I mean, I want you to lead from the front here with this discussion because honestly, this is about to get crazy. These TAC cards are a wild thing. And I want everyone to brace themselves. They are wild. They're very cool.
1: And you heard me and Jesse use a word in the last, you know, segment talking about the the three threats the generic three threats you're gonna hear this word a few more times here that is not to say generic in the context of boring average mid you know whatever generation you're from Mm. but generic in the sense that everyone has access to them so that's what we mean by generic in this context that's what we're referring to those all those three threat characters They are very generic. No, they just—they're what you want from a three threat. Every one of them. Mm -hmm. Every one of them was was the ideal archetype for your three threats. Whereas now we're starting to see a lot more niche three threats. So that's that's kind of what we're saying here. And when we're talking about generic cards, it's the cards that every team has access to: your med packs, your recalibration matrices, your tactical analysis those are generic cards, right? Yeah. Shield has them, but Shield has them a little bit better. This is very, very cool. I want to introduce you to a few cards.
0: Yeah, Chris, and like generic is not a, a dirty word here. It's, it's a positive thing. And we say that because it's becoming very clear. Like I mentioned when we just read the affiliation and what it does, Shield is the team that matches the other team And rises to the occasion and tries to win out against them. They're gonna be strong against every team at a midline level. You know, that's their thing. Like, I don't think they're gonna dominate some sort of matchup. That's not their thing. Their thing is to meet the other team at their strengths and kind of level things out and then win through, honestly, grinding them down with just these little increments.
1: This is a very grindy, win on the margins team. Absolutely.
0: Hence, they have the grunts, right? The grunts are here for this very reason to like grind down the enemy team. These aren't big swings, these are incremental hits. Which, how thematic, Chris, is that for SHIELD? Honestly, like just rising to the occasion to meet a threat and then incrementally kind of responding to the threat and just dealing with it.
1: Well said, well put. There's something else you think about with SHIELD, though, right? Especially when we're talking MCU SHIELD. That's some big flashy moves that nobody saw coming. And Nick Fury has some tactics cards that are really, really impressive and kind of remind me of those big battle swinging moments in some of these big MCU movies. I want to read the first tactics card, and it's going to be Life Model Decoy. It is an active card. Nick Fury may spend 3 to play this card, Nick Fury gains 3 LMD tokens. Each time Nick Fury is targeted by an attack, shuffle the Life Model decoy tokens and reveal one at random. If the token has an LMD on the back, you may reroll any number of the attacker's dice. If it has a Nick Fury on the back, the attack continues as normal. At the end of the round, remove all Life Model decoy tokens from this character that's
0: crazy A little bit of gambling i like it
1: well not only that but it's it's a card that's gonna last you the whole round it's a card that you've got to play an, a shell game with every time fury is targeted you're gonna play this mini game it's very wild man it's very cool very innovative and i love the use of life model decoys that's so shield i mean that's the mm-hmm. original human torch right like right it's really cool But, Jesse, the next one. Yeah. The next one's my favorite. Reposition. It is unaffiliated. It is active. Nick Fury may spend two power to play this card. If an allied shield agent's character is on the battlefield, place an allied Nick Fury within one of the allied shield agent's character. This has many shenanigans written all over it. Advancing the, the grunts the opposite way, then going the opposite way with Fury and moving him across the board after picking up a token, something like that. Yep. Flipping a control panel, something. It's just, you're going to be able to do a lot of big tactical maneuvers with this card, or simply just get in like a scalpel and do what you need to do. It's yeah. Very versatile. Very versatile.
0: Absolutely. It could be a a strong early game play or a strong late game play, right? It's one of those crazy cards. It's a super storm hop, which I find very, very cool. Awesome. It's like a teleport, you know? So closing out Nick Fury's card, we have another unaffiliated card called Eye in the Sky. It's reactive. I love this card, Chris. When an allied character is targeted by an attack, Nick Fury may spend three to play this card. The targeted allied character makes a short advance. At the end of the advance... If the character is outside the attack's range or the attacker's line of sight, the attack ends. If it is the attacker's activation the attack did not target multiple characters, beam, or area attack, the attacker may now make another action. If your squad is using the shield affiliation, return this card to your available team tactics cards during cleanup. This card may be played again this game starting next round. It just doesn't go away. Loki has this on his card. We know how good it is. Right. It's very good. Newsflash. For tip. yeah this is even cooler for shield because fury has to pay the power of course that's that's the hardest thing to do but someone on your team is potentially always safe if you're ready and this is where this team's getting more tactical by the minute chris this is the tactical team and i just love it this is my favorite card out of these three i love all three of these cards though which is insane to say we have three named cards on one character mm. that don't even involve other named characters they're just him it's a good thing he has such a, a high limit economy, right? Absolutely. But I think it's now time to talk about the shield cards you mentioned, Chris, that are generically good because these are all really good shield cards. So starting with Battlefield Medicine, it's a shield card. It's active. During a shield character's activation, it may spend two power to play this card and move up to three damage in one special condition from this character or an allied character without a daze token within three of this character. This card may not be included in a roster or a squad. With the Med Pack team tactic card, they've got their own better Med Pack. This is Med Pack, but you remove a condition as well. I love it. It's very powerful, and you
1: think about using it on all of those excellent characters that have been shown to us in, in that first promo picture of this affiliation, and it gets better because those are all excellent characters that mm-hmm. healing three and getting you know that hex off of them is oh, just yeah. going to be awesome.
0: I immediately think awesome. of incinerate, right? just immediately think about or staggers I mean staggers the dream but I will mention while we're here Chris I mean you did mention that which is important to know which of your characters are shield because this is a during a shield characters activation it may spend two power to play this card to either heal themselves or heal someone else range three of them notice though Chris the shield character is paying the power but the ally within range three could not be a shield member and you just heal them and remove a condition off them so it's just a better med pack in almost every way except the fact that a shield character has to pay for it. But presumably if you're playing shield, you're probably taking a lot of shield characters. So that's the way this team is going. So I, I really like the power of it if you're playing shield characters, which you should be. I'm very excited to talk
1: about this shield affiliation in the future, but let's stay focused here. Hard reset is the next card. It is shield. It is reactive. When an allied shield character is attacking or defending... Before the calculate success or failure step of the attack at the end of the modified dice step, the character may spend three power to play this card. The attacking and defending character re rolls all of their attack and defense dice, including the skull results. This card may not be included in a roster or a squad with the recalibration matrix team tactic card
0: so you had a bad a bad whiff right that's okay Mm -hmm. we're gonna redo it so i've got to point out what i just did with the last card this is recalibration matrix except it's slightly better because you get to modify skulls and that's pretty cool because recalibration matrix of course it's a strong card in the right situations but you can't touch skulls with it so character permitting obviously there's some exceptions to the rule like we always talk about in this game, but yeah, just a better version of recalibration matrix. I I think it's my least favorite of all these cards, but it's still very powerful. And maybe we'll see more recalibration matrix. It's a card we don't see very much of in the game, but I think we'll see this one more because it's a better version of that said card.
1: You love to see it. Let's
0: touch on their
1: last tactics card. It is sit rep. It is an active tactics card during a shield characters activation. It may spend one power to play this card choose another allied character within range three of the character that played this card. The chosen character may advance short. This card may not be included in
0: roster or squad with the tactical analysis team tactic card. This is crazy, Chris. This is tactical analysis for one instead of two, and that's already a good card. I love it. It
1: makes me happy. It just moves she Hulk up, man. I know. Just out of activation, moving
0: up, moving her up. No big deal. Well, Chris, that is not their last card. They have more. It's ridiculous. Oh, it was just on that page, yeah. But I'm gonna talk about some ones that are really exciting. Those were the generic cards that were really good. Now we're gonna do some unique cards to shield, starting with Helicarrier Strike. Oh, this this card. Ugh. So first of all, I'm gonna read what you do with the card before I read the attack. It's shield only. It's active. During its activation, an allied shield character may spend three power to play this card. This character may use the attack list once above on their activation. So once again, clarification at home, you're spending one of your actions to do this as an attack. Something I always tell people with Helios laser. Some people get that confused. They try to like do two actions, then Helios laser. Yeah. Healus laser is an attack. This is just a really powerful attack. It's called Helicarrier Strike. It's a physical attack, range five, six dice, zero power cost. This attack ignores line of sight, and the defending character, of course, does not benefit from cover. Why would they? Before choosing the target, you choose whether the attack type is physical or energy. Very cool. And then it has a wild trigger, Scorched Earth. After this attack is resolved, all other enemy characters within two of the target characters suffer one damage. This is where it gets really cool, Chris. If the attack type was physical, so I'm assuming missiles, the target character and all other enemy characters within two of the target character then gain the bleed special condition. If the attack type was energy, the target character and all of the enemy characters within two of the target character gain the incinerate special condition. This is a better... Long-range Hawkeye attack that AoE gives out conditions and hurts other people. It's good. It's very good. Can we talk about the theme of this too, Chris? Calling down an airstrike from oh, the, right? the carrier?
1: Well, I mean, we saw it with the Helios laser, so it just makes sense. Now we're starting to get these these cards that feel like, to go back to the MOBA thing, it really feels like you know that big ulti. Yeah, You're going to get to use it once a game, you know? So... You either hold on to it or and are too
0: precious with it. or I don't know. There's a lot of stress. Y'all might use it too early. Yeah, it's true. It's tough. It's tough. I'm going to use it, Chris, when everybody's, inducing, man. when everybody's hiding in that gamma shelter.
1: I know. Uh, there's <laughs> and, no way if you're playing Shield, I'm letting you choose Secures. It's just not happening.
0: Oh, man. But there's more cards. Very exciting.
1: Oh, what? The next card is Defensive Prototype. It is a Shield Active card. Two Shield characters may both spend one power to play this card. While these characters are within range 3 of each other this round, they cannot be pushed, thrown, or placed by enemy effects, and advancing enemy characters cannot place a movement tool that would overlap either allied character or a straight line drawn between them unless the enemy characters are climbing. Characters cannot draw a line of sight through these characters or through a straight line drawn between them this round.
0: This is super cool, Chris. This is the Web Warrior's Web Barrier. What's super cool is, of course, you could play Cap and Bucky in Shield right. and then play it till the end of line and play this card. There's a lot of interesting synergy and things here, but I love this card. I think it's super cool. It's um, incredibly fun. But also like, it's just, you're locking down that objective, you know, you're locking down that secure. You're going to score it on top of having incredibly powerful abilities to score and deal with extracts.
1: I like it. I like it very much. It's going to be very fun. I think you're going to be able to pull off
0: some really weird things with this. It just is. It's just such a disruptor. Oh, absolutely, Chris. And We have two more cards left, but I'm going to read the first one now. It's very exciting, but the last card is even more exciting. I feel like the last card is going to need its own episode. Right. So you mentioned Jennifer. (laughs) I did, and I will. There's a card called the Shield Mobile. It's a shield active tactics card. An allied shield character may spend three power to play this card. This character gains flight this round and now immediately advances long. It doesn't say take an action to advance long either.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, man. I mean, A Force is awesome, but this is her team. I swear. Yeah.
0: Goodness gracious. Drop her off long range, and then get all those extra short moves we've been mentioning this whole time. Right? It's ridiculous. It's a blast. I have something very important
1: to say about our about the next card after you uh, start. It's very important. You
0: want to say it before I read it? <laughs>
1: Beta Ray Bill sighting
0: on the art card, ladies and gentlemen. Let's freaking go. There's hope. So Chris, we're going to close out our shield discussion today with the most complex and interesting part of these tactics cards. It's it's a crazy one. It's cool, man. It's very cool. I'm going to read through all of it. Okay. So it's called the, the Initiative. It's unaffiliated. It's a reactive card. When you include this card in your squad... Choose one non-Shield affiliated character in your squad. So basically, this is saying choose someone that is definitely not on the shield list. Rogue. Okay. Yes. It is now a shield affiliated character. Very cool. That means that they can use cards from your team this round. So once again, they get around my whole bucky thing earlier, right? It's it's like Nick Fury
1: kind of, you know, deputizes them for this mission. Yeah. And here we go.
0: Frank Castle has a place. If your squad is using the shield affiliation when the chosen character is deployed, it gains a gadget token. After all characters are deployed, discard this team tactic card. So I think, Chris, this has to be in your five cards. This isn't like a convocation bar with no door situation where it's the leadership that's kind of separate. But I think this is worth it. So after all characters is deployed, it's discarded, like I just mentioned. But now this character with the gadget token gets to use stuff on top of being affiliated, which I think is probably reason enough alone to bring this. It's pretty cool, man. Character with the gadget token may use any of the following special rules. When this character is defending, it may discard the gadget token to reroll one of its defense dice. Give it a web warrior for a round. Oh, that was the first part. Number two. During this character's activation, it may discard the gadget token to remove one special condition from itself. Okay, stagger insurance forever. Mm. The third clause on here is during this character activation, it may discard the gadget token to move one objective token it is holding from itself to an allied character within range one of itself or from an allied character within range one of this character to now this character. This card does not allow you to hold more than tokens than the crises specifies. Wow, versatility this card it's a swiss army knife Mm -hmm. you take it for the affiliation right yeah yeah, absolutely and then and then nine times
1: out of ten you're gonna save it for a special condition or move i mean you might even use it as a part of your game plan to move a token but you'll always have that that re-roll that one re-roll in the back pocket on that character when you need it but when you use this thing once man it's gone that gadget works
0: once yeah, I think the re-roll is its weakest use. I think the condition Absolutely. Yeah. The condition or the objective thing is the strongest use. But yeah, Chris like, I mean, on its worst day, mad about it? it got you affiliation and and a miles reroll for one round. Okay, that's that's really cool. But it's so cool getting affiliation out of this because I know. This opens so many features of this team. We just talked about how many generically good cards they have and how how many good Fury cards they have that interact with other S.H.I.E.L.D. members and stuff. We just talked about all this and now you just said, oh, Thor is affiliated for this game, right? right? Or the Hulk is affiliated on top of my S.H.I.E.L.D. Can
1: you imagine? <laughs> is that the next three-person kill team? I'm going to uh, try. Hulk, She-Hulk, and, and- Uh, Fury? I've already been planning
0: it, I will say. Oh, man. But it is a lot of threat, Chris, you know? I mean, that's 16, just for the three of them, right? But, yeah. I want to play it on a 16-threat game. Let's take it up to 19, throw a three-threat in, or you know? No, sir. Not allowed. Very exciting. But I think this is obviously one of the standout cards, and it just gives you versatility. Because I mean, let's say you have it in your 10, right? And you just play games where you're fully affiliated with Shield. You're not even thinking about bringing this card. It's just in your 10. That's nice. It's nice to have. But say you get into one of those weird games where you go lower model counts and you want everyone to be affiliated or you know, get more versatility out of your cards. This is good. This is really good. Now, I think all these cards are good, Chris. Honestly, like, yeah, I mean, let's just think about this. If the weakest card is hard reset, which is a better version of recalibration matrix. I mean, this team's sitting in a good spot generically with their attack cards, but I will mention while we're here, Chris, and this is something why I think I've fallen so deeply in love with convocation Outside of their models and their playstyle, which is the number one reason I have, but number two, it's you were rewarded for bringing many, many, many convocation cards and bringing very few generic cards. That's just how it is, and I love this playstyle.
1: Yes, and I think we touched on that in our year-end episode for the yeah. for 2021 about how we're really seeing uh, more of a focus on team tactics cards and
0: named character cards.
1: Both, yeah. We're seeing a a real focus just on the cards, yeah, tactics cards, period, and when to play them. You're starting to get them that are going to be absolutely game changing and in like a big way, not Mm -hmm. just subtle ways like you like we've seen. I mean, there there are some like this, you know, Web Warriors. I'm looking at you, but we're just going to continue to see more emphasis on this for a little while, I believe. And I'm very excited about it. It's just a whole nother dimension to the game when you're talking about how powerful some of these cards are starting to get.
0: Well, and I think it's a healthy dimension too, Chris, because it's not even necessarily about power levels, but it's like it's about options, right? And it's like right. if I have six or seven convocation cards out of my 10 and my tactics cards, that's a good design space because. There's still an onus on me as the convo player to pick the right cards for the mission, but at least I have this like huge gambit of interesting cards on top of only a few generic cards. And that's how the game should be. It should not be the opposite. It should not be eight generically powerful cards and one or two Avengers cards only, and that's it. And that's how you deal with every situation, because it is strong when you have those generic cards. I love when you have named cards that have generic purposes in certain situations, like the Helicarrier Orbital Strike, right? That's only going to come up in some situations, but when it does, it's very powerful. But then on top of that, they've got a backbone of of cards like Battlefield Medicine, which is a better med pack, like Sit Rep, which is a better tactical analysis. Like They've got a basis of better generic cards on top of situational... Cards and I feel like you're just rewarded for taking a bunch of shield cards and then playing turn zero the best you can, you know. And it's a fun mini game. It really is really fun because it's not easy choosing the right tax cards every game. But at no. least now they're encouraging people to get out of their comfort zone, you know, not just bring the med pack, the disarms, the bracer impacts of the world. Like maybe get out of that cycle you know, and bring all these shield cards and then choose the ones that you think are best and maybe Do well or not, but at least you tried, you know. And Convocation and Shield are very obvious. This is the direction they chose for them. And I look forward to more of this in the future because Avengers and Cabal are the two biggest teams in the game and they don't really have many tactics cards. And it'd be really neat to see those expand in the future too. Something I've talked about on our show and other shows many times. I, I hope this is the year of more tactics cards for affiliations and more leaderships for affiliations because we're just cracking the game right open right now. And it's a crazy time to be playing MCP. I just, adore it. Here, here. Well, well said. But Chris, that's S.H.I.E.L.D. It's a crazy team. You and I are going to get into deeper dives in the future. This is a team I have a very close eye on. I'm very excited to deep dive into. And, you know, something I, I wanted to save to the very right end of the show, Chris, because I didn't want to get you too excited, but I know you're excited about She-Hulk oh, and this no. team. Something I've, I've dug into and I've looked into. Okay, so say Jennifer takes damage, right? Right. You trigger... The shield affiliation. You pay one power trigger the shield affiliation, right? Okay. She moves short. Yes. Very good on a medium base. It's 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 a little bit more than you would think, honestly. But what's crazy, Chris, is Jennifer also has aggressive. You can short move again. So you can short move initially off the aggressive, right? But as long as you pay the shield tax, you can short move again, which is essentially range five. So Jennifer just moved range five up the board. <laughs> what do you think about that? Isn't that
1: exciting? It's very exciting. And all I want to do is play a three model team now.
0: Just think about like Fury is the heavy support. Jennifer is like the bruiser and you got this crazy gun line with like Tony, Bucky, Hawkeye or something. Like it's it's just a very unique thing going on on top of people like Agent Widow and Taskmaster maybe getting into the fray and getting objectives and stuff. And uh, there's gonna be a lot of cool stuff going on, man, with this team.
1: Yeah, and I'm really excited about this team because they seem very high reward yes for you know skilled players, a very high ceiling, but they also Don't feel oppressive to me yet. That might change. Okay, I'm not just absolutely terrified of them. I just know it's going to be a good game, and that's a good place to be. I I feel like you know, not scaring people off with this, this new affiliation that's just super complicated, and just going to you know run them off the board in round three.
0: That's good. Absolutely. Well, we talked about generic workhorses too, Chris. Like, I mean, characters like War Machine and. Iron Man and Bucky in particular are some of the more simpler models in the game. You know, they're very simple. They don't have a lot of superpowers and a lot of big decisions to make. They're typically moving and shooting or, you know, doing things like that. Hawkeye, very similar. So a lot of the nuance of the team is going to be Fury, his shield agents and these tack cards, right? Big time. And so it's kind of an interesting mix of, like you said, they're just going to be fun, whatever level you're, you're at, but if you're at a high level, they're gonna one of those teams that you could actually think about passively is what I call it, where I work on my teams passively when I'm not playing the game. Mm. Convocation's been one of those teams I've had to work on passively a lot. Think about my plays, think about my attack cards, my matchups, my objectives, how I'm gonna tackle things. This team's very much like that, you know? I mean, their models are simple outside of Fury, but the team is not simple when you push the ceiling up, which you're gonna try to do when you get more reps with them, I assume. And that's very cool. I mean, that's like to learn them is simple. Then to master them is extremely difficult. Okay, design achieved amg you guys knocked out of the park they continue to do this right
1: yeah it's just wild the consistent high level of game design these guys keep putting out is just insane
0: absolutely chris and i I just look forward to hearing more from this and we will update on the show when we get our full affiliation list you know and uh when shield comes out but this has been our shield deep dive and the future is bright because this looks really fun it looks very fun Fury's Finest is
1: supported by our wonderful patrons. You can become a Fury's Finest patron by going to patreon.com slash Finest.
0: Follow the show on social media. Find us on Twitter at Fury's Finest Cast and Instagram, Facebook, and Twitch at Fury's Finest. Email us at furiesfinest at gmail.com with any show ideas, inquiries, or questions, and leave us reviews on Apple Podcasts. It really helps us out.
1: Thanks to Approaching Nirvana for our intro and outro music. Like Jesse said, guys, anywhere you can rate us, give us a thumbs up, any of that stuff, it all helps a lot more than you think it would. Thank you to all of you that have done so. We really do appreciate it.
0: We certainly do, Chris. And I got to add on to you just saying that there, a lot of you are new listeners, which is very exciting. And a lot of new people are coming to the game right now, Chris. The game is in a crazy spot. Love it. We love that you're here with us. And if someone shared our show to you, you know. Thank you to them because they're spreading MCP and our show out to the world and trying to get this game growing, which is our ultimate goal, and make this game as fun and enjoyable as it can be when you play this on the tabletop. If you listen to our episodes and dig into our lore and strategy, if you kind of heard Chris and I's banter about these things, we just want to enhance your experience of MCP every week and keep your mind on the game. You know, it helps Chris and I as well because uh, we're always thinking about the game even when we don't get to play which is a very fun thing to do to stay in this ethos of this world chris because you know like shield right now like we're gonna be talking about this for many months and someone's gonna crack the code at some point there's a lot
1: i expect it to happen i'm not thinking it's gonna take too long either but yeah there is a lot, and we will do our best to keep you up with
0: it. So, of course, you can find Chris and I on social media with any of your Marvel painting ideas or questions, or even something completely unrelated like Star Wars or something. We're, we are on Twitter. So you can find me on Twitter at Jesse Aiken. Chris, where can everyone find you?
1: You can find me on Twitter at Chris Bruffett, C-H-R-I-S-B-R-U-F-F-E-T-T.
0: Well, Chris, the day arrived. Shields in the game, you know our namesake, Fury's finest. It is the Avengers, like I've mentioned before. But you know, it's like the select Avengers, right? Exactly. And I
1: almost feel like while yeah. you were talking about talking about how you see this affiliation kind of playing out, I kind of was thinking, okay, all the the mainstays of the Avengers are are on the shield, right? A lot of they're them, yeah. kind of the the team you're going to it's a natural flow to after you feel like you're you've got the avengers down you're ready to move up i like this just get nick fury and start running that shield affiliation you're going to be able to use a lot of the same characters you know their playstyles you'll have to adjust to not having you know the discounted powers or the movement from Sam, mm-hmm. but it is a very natural evolution. And I feel like it's a very built in natural evolution for new to table pot top players, too. So I like that. Just something to think about, you know, uh recommending to your friends and
0: things, guys, but just an off the dome little deal. Good point. Like you mentioned, financially, great investment, right? If you've been investing in right. Avengers, pick up Fury, and then hopefully now you have more yeah. teams you can play in the game. Of course, my first thought when seeing Shield, Chris, was oh. What a great double-affiliated Avengers S.H.I.E.L.D. team or oh, yeah. or A-Force S.H.I.E.L.D. team.
1: Yeah, easily done. The roster building is going to be extremely fun yeah. for
0: this team. I'm looking forward to it, man. The future is bright, and I'm super excited to play this team and really dig into them. It, it's looking like a fun challenge for me, and Fury just looks like a blast, you know? And and Yes. We will share our findings on the show as they come out with grunts, you know, because this is a new element to the game. And, you know, Chris, we will dive into S.H.I.E.L.D. in the future on our main format episodes but until then thanks for listening true believers excelsior the world has gotten even stranger than you already know at this point i doubt anything would surprise me 10 bucks says you're wrong